0: Hello. Before we start today's episode, if you would like a condensed version of what I'm talking about in this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Perfectionist Guide. You can read the entire thing in three minutes or less. To access this, go to courtneylovegavin.com slash newsletter. Are you a bit of a perfectionist, type A, hyper-performer? Then you know that having the audacity to see an ideal and bring it into reality while breaking generational habits of hustle can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. If you are ready to burn bright instead of burning out, to lead without losing yourself, and to enjoy the life you have worked so hard to create, then keep listening— I'm your host, America's leader on rewiring perfectionism, CLG, and this is Perfectionism Rewired, the podcast. Welcome to Perfectionism Rewired. They say that a genius learns from a wise person's mistakes. You are the genius. I am the wise person. Let's learn from my mistakes. Today's episode is coming as a part two to the episode that I just released about authoring your own story and how stories are for creation. I got a question from a listener about how, okay, CLG, I understand rewriting the story. The narrative isn't serving you. This person had something that was uh, a part of them that, like, it wasn't a matter of rewriting the story. For example, that you're in a wheelchair let's say. And let's say that it was a drunk driver and there was a car accident that had you go in the wheelchair. Like Going back and letting that go from your past, it's a little bit different because in your current day, maybe don't have the full range of motion of your legs in this hypothetical example. So what I decided to do is use this as an opportunity to talk to you about a diagnosis that I have in my own life, complex PTSD. Uh, C for complex and then post traumatic stress disorder. I want to show you two sides of the same lens without using something that is hypothetical. So you can sort of see the difference between rewriting, like reimagining what something means versus just like total fantasy and how you can choose to still be the author of the narrative, even when there are circumstances or situations, like using the whole book analogy, if you're like writing something that like, okay, this is the type of paper that it's going to be on. That's just the type of paper that you have. But like, that doesn't mean that you still can't have an extraordinary, irresistible, revolutionary narrative story. The paper doesn't stop your story from catapulting and um, celebrating your story for background, because I didn't know what CPTSD was the first time. I was like, a C for Courtney? No joke. Complex post-traumatic stress disorder is a result from enduring complex trauma. What the fuck is complex trauma? Well, complex trauma is ongoing or repeated interpersonal trauma. It's repeated interpersonal trauma where the victim is traumatized in captivity, and there is no perceived way to escape. So prisoners of war, refugees, uh, and ongoing child abuse falls under this category because as a child, you cannot escape or at least perceived, you know, ability to escape. Forced prostitution or sex trafficking is another complex PTSD, like where the umbrella falls under. Being a card carrying member of CPTSD is a club that I never wanted to have membership in. I'm proud to be here and to share with you. I'm not like, an expert on CPTSD by any means, but just someone that is thriving and authoring my own story with CPTSD being a part of my origin story. The difference between like PTSD and CPTSD, this is this brilliant analogy that I came with. I want you to pretend that you had someone that came into your house with a gun and they shot at you, Okay. Now, normal trauma is if that gun that they came into your house with is a Nerf gun, Nerf gun, okay? Like, it was a Nerf gun. CPTSD is when that is an actual gun and those are actual bullets that are being shot at you, but you you stay alive. The reason why this is, like, perfect as an analogy is because the emotional experience and the terror that you feel when someone comes into your house with a gun pointed at you, that is the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know if it's a paintball gun, a Nerf gun, or whatever, right? You're just like, oh my God, my life is being threatened right now. That is traumatic, okay? The difference is, is that the healing the Nerf gun, it's like, okay, I mean, maybe it was like a really, really intense Nerf gun. So maybe like you have some bruises. Okay. Like uh, bullets that are like in your body that haven't been excavated, the rehab looks a little different. And that is what the difference between PTSD and CPTSD is. It's different than a short-lived trauma. It's especially different when you are dealing with anyone that is under the age of 25 because our nervous systems and our brain is still developing. And so when there is this repeated and habitual abuse that occurs, the way that your brain and nervous system like everything on the inside that the way that the human body functions it actually develops differently i have scoliosis so it's sort of like scoliosis where like the the spine is growing but it's like it's a little jacked you know i'm really Uh, glad to be sharing this with you because so much of what is said about complex PTSD is brutal, right? Like the first time I heard about it, an article just came up about how it's confirmed that you lose at least 10 years off of your lifespan when you have this and that I'm 70% more likely to develop lung cancer, even though I've never smoked because of the, the muscle bracing. And when you're perpetually frightened for years, the way that you breathe just gets very shallow. And my physical vessel, my flesh puppet, my meat suit, whatever you want to call it, has to work just in order to appear normal. And that was something that, like, I did not want to accept for for a long time. And I didn't talk about synchronicities from the universe. We can't get to where we want to be without being where we are. We can't author our own stories without being where we are, right? Without like, without just being with ourselves right now and being like, okay, these are all the characters. This is everything, you know, that I have. And then sort of, it's almost like if you think about organizing a drawer, it's like you can't really organize it until you take everything out. And then you can decide what you want to keep or go. Um, when I first heard about this, I was so resistant. One thing that I've just learned about myself is that anything, I've talked about this before on the podcast, anything that I am like, right? Like my automatic reaction is like, fuck no. I've learned that that is actually a fuck yes. Like that's just my ego. But like, actually that's always where all the growth is. Like for me, that's how I felt about, I was like living in LA. Nope. Just totally vapid. Like, who would want to live there? It's pollution and gross. I live in Santa Monica, and I am going to live here for the rest of my living days on Earth. Santa Monica is in Los Angeles, California, for international listeners. Being an entrepreneur, I believe that entrepreneurship wasn't a real job. I thought that it was for people with trust funds that just didn't want to work, so that they called themselves entrepreneurs. Left my storied career in public relations to be an entrepreneur life coaches, I believed that life coaches were privileged people who didn't need to provide for themselves as far as income, thought that they were too good for therapy, so would just go like become life coaches so they could tell everyone what they wanted to do. I got my first life coach certification in 2009, 2008, 2009, 2007. Okay, it was around there. It was in the late 2000s. And I like did it partially because I was like, "Uh, I want to see what this is about, you know? And here I am. I don't know how many years later that is 15 years later, 16 years later. Now I'm a professional life coach. And I also felt this way about energy, crystals, energetics. I was like, oh, it's so fucking lame. It's not real. They're just rocks. You know, it's just like, again, like, and and now look where I am. For those of you that are deep divers like myself, if you go back and you listen, because we're on two and a half years of the podcast right now. If you go back and you listen to those earlier episodes, I am sure that you will find, um, statements that are the complete opposite of where of where I am now. That is growth in action. I keep all the podcasts up there to be a living, breathing, walking example of metamorphosis. Okay, so this is about how you can author your own story and take ownership of your narrative, no matter what. Like, no matter what is happening. I also want to throw in there that we are in a day and age where it's like, let's put a label on it because that's something minds love to do. The unknown is dangerous. So therefore like littering people with diagnoses makes it so the scared, the primal, the ego feels safer to like operate in the world. However, all of us are on the path to empowerment here. So if holding on to a label you don't find empowering, drop it like it's hot. And here's what I mean. So I, I accept that. Complex PTSD. Like, honestly, it's like what Glennon Doyle said when she received her anorexia diagnosis. All these things that I thought were a part of my personality or like weird quirks about me, I found out is like actually dis-ease that I have. Um, I understand that Some things are more difficult for me, and I don't make that a problem. I just work with it, and I don't explain myself. I don't defend myself. I don't say why. Like, I'll give you an example. When the elevation changes, it activates something within my system because of the way my internal nervous system is organized. I get very sick uh, after I, I travel. It doesn't matter how long the flight is either. In fact, shorter flights can actually be worse. A couple summers ago, and I had gotten back from visiting my family up in Northern California and I was really sick. And I was talking with my trauma coach about it and, and one of my doctors. And they were like, Oh yeah, well, you know, da, 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 da. and I was like, What? They were like, Yeah, you know, it it would probably be good for you when you travel to just plan, like not have anything scheduled for when you come back for like. Two days after. I learned about um, a patch that I can wear and like some other supplements and just things that I can do for myself to make it so that I'm not like brutally ill for, in my mind, no apparent reason after flying a 40-minute flight in a commercial airline, by the way. It's not like I'm like flying private on like these little, you know, seaplanes like tailspin or something. Um, yeah. So, Knowing that means that, okay, like I think about those things, but I'm not over here being like, um, (laughs) what did I write on my post-it? Oh, coping with C, like the name of this episode is not going to be coping with CPTSD. What I've been able to do and what you can do with these things is to be like aware of it. Me being able to talk about this now, there was a good number of years that I was crestfallen about this. And especially with everything in spirituality, it can be like a mind fuck when they tell you everything that you experience is what you've attracted into your life. In my mind, I'm like, when I was two years old, how the fuck did I attract being abused? That's where I went. It's okay if you're not there right now. I wasn't there. It took me, this is growth, people. It is possible for you. And the moment that you just awaken yourself and are willing, you know, like just have a conscious choice, be awake. Either say that, hey, I'm not willing to go down and look at your own personal haunting of some sort. Instead, I'm going to live in a haunted house because I don't really feel like doing the work. That's okay when you have that, at least you can do it cleanly. That's a more healthy way to live is to just be like, I don't want to get better. I don't want to heal. I want to be in the shitty story. And that can be something for the ego. It's like, what? No, I don't want that. But it's true. There are a lot of people that they actually prefer to have the fantasy and to just live off that. I could do this, but this, or I'm gonna do this. I'm someday I'm gonna do this. You know, those people, they're always talking about how they're gonna do that and someday, and they could totally do that, but then they don't actually do anything about it. They're like, I'm no, I'm meant for something wonderful. And then it's like 10 years later and they're still doing very unwonderful things in their life. That's okay. This isn't for everyone. Some people are choosing to live in the haunted house. This is a perfect lead-in to authoring a story in two different ways that it can look. I'm gonna start with the disempowered story and someone thinking that they're taking the authority of their story, but they're actually not. Okay. I, I I have CPTSD. That means I have at least 10 years off my lifespan. I definitely need to get every organ checked, lungs. I need to have a living will and testimony. Got to get that done. Then I need to think about, do I want to get turned into a death diamond or a tree after my body is donated to science? Actually, I should check can my body even be donated to science because I have complex PTSD because there's so many things done. Healing this because I'm basically knocking on death's door is going to be a full-time job. So I'm going to apply for disability and li- live off of that, get a placard, for my car. Oh, also life alert bracelets because I do live alone. I definitely need those. And then also, is it a good idea for me to live alone since I'm damaged goods and I have a ticking time bomb with an expiration date? And oh yeah, I totally raged and partied my face off from age like 18 to 32. So there's that. I definitely need to get the liver tested. Also, how does this interact with scoliosis, ADHD, and psoriasis? Is there a support group that's nearby? I should definitely talk to other people and trauma bond and just be like, yeah, this is awful. I need to find out why. Why did this happen to me? Why did they say that, you know, I attract into it? Why? There was no way that this could have happened. Why, 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 why the fuck would you ever tell yourself that story? Tell me why. <laughs> um, Yeah, actually, don't tell me why, because why is the worst question you could ever possibly ask yourself in this way. That is an example of leading with contempt instead of curiosity. And that is a story that a lot of people take. I'm not about like, ta-da, you know, I got the diagnosis and this is what I decided to do. No, oh my God, that story that I just read you, that was a little bit of a theatrical version of it. But all of those were actual thoughts I had. I explored some of them. For the most part, it was like, I just refused to look at it and I was just so fucking angry about it. I was hit by, let's say, a a truck, metaphorically, and I was bleeding out. This is what it's like when you refuse to actually like, look at all the elements of your story. And by story, I mean your life experience. Um, You get hit by a truck and you're bleeding out, but you refuse to go to the hospital and to get treatment for yourself because you're so pissed about that person that hit you. And you're like, fuck you, man. I'm not gonna go to the hospital and get better. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna bleed out here on the couch. And literally that's where I was for years. So I just wanna let you know that like, if you are in that place, my heart goes out to you and also you don't have to be there like if you don't want to i'm now on the other side and so if you're like nobody understands and they haven't really like they haven't been through what i've been through come and take a walk on my block please so the other way this story that i looked at is i was like you know what i'm fucking gangster that whole bullet analogy I'm like motherfucking 50 cent over here. Look up the definition of the word courageous and brave and strength, and you will find my face. I lived through my childhood of horrors. And I came out sane. Like statistically, for what has occurred, you know, my backstory, it I shouldn't be alive right now. Like, I'm not a violent felon um, or a felon. <laughs> either way, and I'm not a drug addict, and I'm alive. I haven't committed suicide. I wrote in my notes, wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Joke's on you. I'm still alive. For me, it was 30. That's like what all the stats said, you know? But hey, I made it past 35, and I'm still alive. This journey of knowing that I have CPTSD has led to so many awesome Outside of neuroplasticity and all of the like coaching school certifications that I have because of healing this. Once I do several sessions with someone, if I want to like learn about it and experiment with it, I'm going to get certified in this modality. So that's why. When you are one of my one-on-one clients, what's so awesome is that like the apothecary that I can pull from to help you go so deep because of my CPTSD. It's why I am a practitioner of recce, crystal healing, EFT, quantum human design, gene keys, the daring way, NLP, laughter leader, biofield tuning, death doula, somatics, polyvagal. All of those things comes from like this, actually, because of the work that I choose to do to heal myself. I had a lot of fear-based hypervigilance, and I have turned that into non-fear-based, curious discernment. For example, because of living, you know, with predators, I had to be hyper aware of all of the nonverbal cues. So people's body language, the tone of their voice, their facial expressions. And I subconsciously just developed this ability for details and learning people's habits and storing away, like, everything that they say. I can't remember people's names. Sometimes to save the life of me, but, like, I can remember the name of your second grade daughter's pet hamster in her classroom that you told me. And what is so awesome about this is that now as a coach, I'm able to use this to like spot patterns like that. And when anything contradicts something that a client said before, or like out of alignment, as they say in the spiritual world, then I am able to immediately flag that for the client and be like, hey, let's look at this. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't even see that. My level of perception and just my overall skill as a coach is so much sharper and fiercer because of this CPTSD. I have allowed it, I have accepted it, and I have embraced it in a way that is empowering for me. And I'm able to rewrite and author my story While being an authority and including those pieces, so I am reimagining a different future for myself and I am not fantasizing. You rewriting your own narrative is the safe zone because you are the authority. And so, yeah, we can't control what occurs in our life. We can't control the world and other people. And if you are doing that or trying, because believe me, ask me how I know, um come and talk to me. Like, I can definitely like help you with that so that you can just, oh my God, you're going to get so much energy back just by you stopping trying to control everything in your universe. It's a futile effort. If you think of your energy as $100 bills, it's literally you just like ripping them on half and throwing them down the toilet. I would say lighting them on fire, but I like fire. So I actually think that like lighting things on fire would be sort of fun. Let's not control. The safe zone is you being within yourself, just knowing this, that you are the authority, and that you can author your response to whatever occurred. You get to author your response. You don't need to live in reaction to what happened or to carry it like a heavy weight if you don't want to. You can choose how you respond, and I invite you to respond in an empowered way. If you're nodding your head yes, listen closely because I might have the solution you've been searching for. My Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, a six-week, highly individualized one-on-one coaching experience designed exclusively for perfectionists like you. Your perfectionism is actually your greatest asset and leveraging it can be hard work or take years of guesswork. That's why in Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, I give you my key frameworks to taking charge of your Ferrari drive. Proven to work even for the most type A, high-strung, stubborn perfectionists. In the first 30 days, you will cut your burnout in half increase your professional fulfillment by at least 150% and your self-compassion will go up at least 250%. And that is just your first 30 days. So if you want to save yourself years of trial and error, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com accelerator today. Or if you want to take the easy way, just click the link in the show notes to check out the perfection. Rewired Accelerator.